Hello. How's it going? Yeah, yeah. How's it going? Doing pretty good, thanks. Thank you, thank you. Um, so this is the first episode with Alf Mormon, my co-host. He had another podcast to organize tonight, but we are still gonna continue with our guest. Would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, my name's uh, John Sullivan. I live in Salt Lake City, Utah. I founded a group here, a civil rights group called Insurgents USA, and uh, we have been going for around five months now. So, um, five months. So that is when the protests begin. May? So right around that time? Or was it before... Uh, it it was uh it was right during like the start of uh, uh when the George Floyd killing happened when the start of the protests happened so you would say like yeah right around the beginning of, uh middle of May. So May okay. So you was there when once shit started kicking off because I remember the first couple of nights, uh, where it started to spread that whole chaos. Correct. Yeah. So. I started right when it started kicking off, especially here in Utah. Uh, I went out to this protest uh, that they had here. They, like, spray-painted the Capitol. They flipped over uh, two cars, a police car, and then another guy who came out with his bow and arrow tried to fire at the crowd. They flipped over his car and burned his car. Um, So that's when I first got introduced to uh, the chaos of the, the protest. But... Um, you know, that was my first protest I ever went to as well. So that was your first protest. That lead me to uh, to the second question. Um, when did when did you start actually become an activist? Yeah, so I, political. Yeah, well, I mean, so I think activism and, and a political stance are two different things, right? One, I feel like uh, at least uh, civil rights activism, right? So, like for me, it's civil rights. Uh, and and to want equality for African-American people and to help end the brutality uh, shown to our people by the law enforcement. So um, I would say political haven't reached there yet. Um, as far as, you know, civil rights go, um, I started that probably like two weeks after the first protest that I went to. Okay, what? If you had to describe yourself as your ideology, what would it be? Or would it just be, uh, I'm here just to protect people? Mm, ideology as far as what I believe in. Is that what you're asking? Yes. Yeah, so my my views are or stem from my own experiences within corporate America and also within law enforcement's uh, ability to basically have free reign on i guess charging the public and protesters and killing african-american people and getting away with it so that has been my source of frustration and a source of experience from like i went through like eeoc litigation with my uh former employer because of the racism and discrimination they shown to me in a work environment where I was like the top sales rep and vice versa in law enforcement. It really showed me when I started protesting is when uh, I was just marching on the streets and uh, wanting, uh, you know, to have a peaceful protest to bring about 
uh, peaceful resolution to the situations at hand, but I get arrested for rioting and criminal mischief just for marching in the streets. And so from those few uh, altercations or incidences, I have found myself and my viewpoints shift to start saying, I, I want to abolish the police in a sense that we need something different. We need something new. We need something that is n not what is currently in place because it's an old system that is broken and we need to change it with the times. You can say that you've changed policies, right? People can say that, but um, as far as the overall system, I feel it's, it's uh, systemically corrupt. And um, that's what I believe as far as uh, the police and law enforcement go. And as far as corporate America for myself, like I know there's a lot of racial discrimination that uh, occurs and a lot of it goes untold in the form of, you know, sweeping it under the rug because now you have a, uh, uh, what you call it, a non-disclosure agreement, right? So once you have a non-disclosure agreement, it's like a hush, hush, don't talk about it. We'll pay you money. And now no one hears about it. But how often is that happening? You know what I'm saying? So those are my stance. That's my stance. Yeah, totally, totally. I, well, being being African American myself, I have faced discrimination. Discrimination, um, being followed in stores, and even when it comes to hiring, I usually accept it to interviews, but because they'll see my name, my name is not traditionally associated with African American. Yeah. So I get. So I'll get. Oh, you, you, you. What do you need? Just an interview. I go in for the interview. I get turned down. Mm. So it. So I see what you're saying within both the system itself and the police system. Yeah. But at the same time, the police system itself came from slave catchers. So it's it not corrupt. It's working the way it's always had been working. Yeah. I mean, I would say if it was built for that, it's pretty much corrupt, right? Like if if we're if we're, if we're in a society where we're trying to have, you know. Uh, freedom and racial equality like you can't keep a, a, a system that is racist In, into play yes totally you can't have a racist system within a society that have multiple races exactly so when it was built on zoning and segregation back in the back in the 1960s when they wanted to regulate the African American people from uh, you know going into you know white neighborhoods and and going into uh, industries where they were not allowed, like you can't say that you because you it put these laws and policies in place now that it's not uh, a race. Like think about the uh, civil rights movement, right? The biggest thing is they were just advocating for having their equal rights under the Constitution, right? under under their god-given rights so it's like interesting to see that you know even then they were being put down and suppressed to say hey no guys don't worry about it you know you you, you should be happy with what you have already we're we're, we're not going to give you any more you might you might say oh you we want to be treated equally is that really truly the case right when a whole bunch of people and it wasn't just like a few people who believed that they should keep on suppressing and enslaving the African-American race, right? 
Yeah, because I think the clan is in the media. The clan is portrayed as just a bunch, a bunch of good old boys in the sixties. But the truth is, the KKK through the nineteen sixties and all the way back to that, to the pre, to the post Civil War era, was a powerful fascist paramilitary group. We had control of most of the South, mm-hmm. and people. I, that's why I get really pissed off when people say, "Oh, Black Lives Matter, the KKK." For one, no, it isn't. One group fight for racial equality. The other group is a fascist organization. Two. The KKK wasn't just a bunch of protests. The KKK was a was your police officers, your judges, your governors, a paramilitary group that could go, go into towns like they did in Black Wall Street, Rosewood, and other stuff, and kill entire towns because it would not give over the land to the state. Yeah. No, I mean that's that's totally accurate, right? So like people overlook that fact. They don't even want to bring that up no more. They don't want to even think about like that that was a thing. What happened to all those people? Right. Like, ask you ask yourself that if it was like 40 years ago. Right. Like if you would say if you think about like how far ago, you know, the civil rights movement was and all the racist people who were out there trying to suppress our voices. Where did they go? Where did they go? Did, did they just disappear because laws were put in place now? Does that just not exist anymore? Because now you say laws prevent people from doing that. No, that's not true. Laws prevented people from doing that. Uh, during the, the civil rights movement, but it did like they were still doing it. Cities would basically say, oh, we're going to close down our pools because we don't black, want black people to go there. Now that you have rights, we don't want you to go there anymore. Or we'll, we'll, we'll make room for you, but we'll, we'll allow you guys to live over here. OK, that's what we'll do. We'll allow you to live in the suburbs and the ghettos. So you have the worst living conditions, but you'll have equal rights, right? You'll 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 be good. And that's that's just the thing between. As a black man, especially on my page, I always push black self-reliance and self-sufficiency through economic or group economic innovation. So basically, if we need to start our own business, we need to be self-sufficient once again. But at the same time, when we practice self-sufficiency before the 1920s through the 1960s, the Klan would burn our stuff. So we also need the right to defend ourselves. Mm-hmm. Which leads me to the second, not my second, but my third question, I believe. When did you, when did you decide to pick up the gun? And what, what, what was your aha, I, I, need, I need it? So that's a great question. I decided to start arming myself is because when a white militia of 20,000 people started harassing me with their guns and with their drones and, and having snipers on the roof and making death threats to me and my organizers... That's when I was like, man, I got to get a, I got to start carrying my gun in the open. I got to start wearing a bulletproof vest. Um, so that's when I was really struck home for myself. That that's something I needed to do. So by white, white, white militia, I assume you meet the three percenters then. The three percenters, the so-called freedom lovers who aren't, you know, who always cared about freedom was a black man was in office. <laughs> so when you talk called Utah Citizens Alarm. They formed like after we had a protest in Provo, they formed like 7,000 members in a day against us and then 20,000 members within, um, what would I say, like two weeks. So that gives you perspective on how fast they started coming after me. Like, and my organization is pretty crazy because like they would be having, you know, cars sit outside my house at all hours of the day watching me, they would have, you know, people fly drones over our protests so they could listen in. 
cats. They would um, have cars tail me to every place I would go. So it's it was something that was like surreal in a sense that you're like you only see this shit in movies. You basically you know? feel like Malcolm X peeking out the window with the gun. Yeah, like bro, like am I leading that life right now? Is this seriously going down? So have you faced any? I know we talk about threats from the right. I'm happy to be a libertarian, so I get a lot of authoritarian right fascists. I get a lot of them. But I also get a lot of pushback from the left. Do, have you felt any... I know you more firmly on the left. So have you felt any more pushback from the left? Like, oh no, we support gun control. We can't be carrying guns. Have you got any pushback from liberals? Yeah, so here's the thing. Like, I'm very neutral in my political stance. Like, if you were say I lean right or left, like, you know, I carry guns, man. Like, you could say, like, I'm very on, on the right, but you also see me wanting to be an activist for the Black community. Um, and then you could say I lean to the left, too. So, like, for me, I'm, like, I take an unbiased stance in the fact, like, I'll pick whoever's right for the job. Like, uh, I don't think they want you to pick two sides, right? They want to pit people against themselves, right? So, whole goal. How did they lose you? Oh, did I lose you? Hold up. Can you hear me? Hold up. Ah, shoot. Um, hello? Uh, I can't hear you uh, if you are talking. Let me see. All right, we are back. We are sorry about that. Yeah, um, I don't know whether it was my connection or yours, but we had a little technical difficulty. Oh, good. All right. We got it back, but uh, yeah, I was just saying, like, I don't really choose a political stance. Um, as far I feel like I'm a very neutral person because I believe like the system's trying to make you pick two sides. They're trying to pit against you against each other. The founding fathers never originally believe that there should be a two-party system but which is basically what we have like you can say you can vote for the third party but when does that count right um so that's kind of where i come from well i happen to be an anarchist i believe in no state whatsoever that people can do on their own so people can choose to associate with who they want win a role and what the state does is poorly try to allocate resources which it usually fails in Mm -hmm. and result in oppression Mm-hmm. But but at the same time, I am a, I'm an anarcho capitalist, so I believe in capitalism and anarchy, which do get pushed back from the left. So this is what I was referring to. I know right wing people are known for open carry, but have you faced any faced any resistance from Black Lives Matter activists or Antifa or anybody else who kind of scared to pick up the gun? And what would you say to them? Uh, surprisingly, like I would say. The people who say they associate themselves with Antifa support me. 
at least here in Utah. Uh, I don't know why, but they definitely are commending me carrying a gun, which I was surprised. But also, I have gotten flack from people who are on the left, like who don't believe in guns. But I think a lot of them do realize like there is people who are looking to kill you and them. And so now they're kind of thinking about picking up arms because I've had these people tell me now, hey, uh, you know, I'm thinking about getting a gun. And I can tell you this. I have a senator who is uh, Democratic, by the way, who contacted me and said it was like, hey, like, do you mind helping me buy a gun? Like, I'm like, wow. And you're he's like, I've never thought about getting a gun just because, you know, like, I don't believe in guns. But now I'm really con- considering getting a handgun, which is interesting, is it not? It is. Hopefully he don't pass any more gun control laws. Yeah, and I don't think those people will because they want to defend themselves now too, you know? So, you know, that's the thing. Like, right now we're pitted between two pre- presidential candidates who are both shit. It's like saying, oh, am I going to eat a half plate of shit or a full plate of shit? Well, I'm eating no shit, okay? Nobody wants to eat shit. I'm not eating shit. You're not going to make me eat shit, you know what I'm saying? Totally agree. Two sides of the same coin. Both, both are extreme. Both the Democratic and Republican establishment are extreme right wing parties. Mm-hmm. I'm not eating no shit, man. I can tell you that. That's the only thing. Like people are trying to say, well, you don't like Trump. No, I don't like Bernie either. Okay, so stop trying to pit me against yourself and your political view. Yeah, I totally agree. I used to be a Bernie bro, but as stuff evolved and I saw the need to pick up the gun more and more, people became, you know, kind of distant. Oh, until the whole protest situation popped off. And, well, I have my friends, my liberal friends say, hey, what gun? Should I, I think about getting a gun. I just turned 18. Should I get a gun? Like, we, we, we would come out of, we would really come out of high school when the you know, where the Floyd got murdered and everything went well to shit. Yeah. I'm and I have I have a few of my friends get tear gas. A few of my friends got three first pointing pointing guns at them. Three percent just like they don't got scared. So like they're testing, hey bandit, what should I get? Or should I get gear? What should I get? Should I get soft armor? Should I get ceramic plates? It's like Yeah. You got a lot of people who want to learn now. Yeah, and we have firearms training as part of our organization. We have that every, like, Saturday and Sunday because if people are wielding their uh, weapons, we want to make sure that they're being safe with them, which I don't think a lot of people uh, care to educate people on. So we go out of our way to make sure not only say, oh, we think you should carry guns, but we also think you should be responsible with those weapons because you can do a serious damage, hurt somebody uh, quite seriously, but... The fact in the matter is, is like we're not out there to, you know, cause issues. We're out there to protect ourselves if needed. Totally agree. I, I totally agree. Firearm safety is almost required when you buy a gun. Or should, well, I won't say it should be required by the state, but if you buy a gun, you should train with. Yeah, exactly. So, I know we talk a lot about your group as well that offer firearm training, but. Have you been in touch with any other um, groups such as Redneck Revolt or the John Brown Gun Club or any other militias who support you or 
Oh, you just ring in by yourself solo? No, so we have other m- local militias here. Uh, we talk to the Black Gun Owner Association, but, you know, they're really not of, like, uh, a formed militia, if you could say. They're more of, like, a group where people come together. But local militias here who are uh, supportive of, like, the message and they believe in, like, the Constitution, they believe in Black Lives Matter, they believe in equality, they are in support of us. So those people are out there standing with us. Um, so I think that's pretty cool. That's great. That's great to hear that you're not by yourself in the middle of a, you know, you don't, you don't, want, to be, you don't want to be solo in the middle of a gunfight. Yeah, I I don't think anybody does. And so that's like, was a huge step forward because at first, like a lot of these other militias had a misconception because of, uh, you know, the movement that uh, a lot of people are anti-gun and like they are trying to be, you know, I don't know, burn the city down and they're just trying to protect their homes. But then they come and talk to me and people in my organization. They're like, okay, so you're just trying to protect your rights as American citizens, we fuck with that we fuck with you and we don't like the government either so we definitely think that we should change the system we have in place and so a lot of these people who you thought were standing against you are definitely like anti-government and all for your rights and so i'm like let's go let's do something about it and so that's when people started taking stances with us as well as a member of the Liberty community, I kind of saw the shift happening as well. I think I saw it back when when the news first broke about Breonna Taylor, and that's kind of connected with the Liberty community, which is, I would say it's mostly white, but minorities like me or black people, we probably make up maybe 20% of the Liberty community at the highest. But at the, but then after Breonna Taylor happened, we started connecting the same thing with Duncan Limp, who was a white dude who died super similar to Breonna Taylor. Have you heard the story? Uh, No, not not at all. Please tell me. So Duncan Lip was a gun rights activist. He he had a no-knock warrant on him while he was sleeping. I think it was sometime in the early morning. So the the police rush in. We don't know what happened. But we do know the police entered the house. He was sleeping next to your pregnant girlfriend. And in this moment, he's dead. Mm -hmm. So... It's basically the same death squad tactics that killed Brianna. And that where the Liberty community really started to say, hey, maybe these guys have a point. Or maybe maybe we should be out there helping them protest. I know you I know you have you heard of Derek Foster, the guy who was shot dead by a fascist in Austin, Texas, the guy who opened carrying at Black Lives Matter, who got shot. Oh, I did hear about that, yep. Yeah, he remember. I guess you're familiar with the Boogaloo community or the movement. Now, yeah, yep. So he was a member of that. He like okay, but he got shot. You had like a couple more people, right now. A couple of our friends, our allies, who did the same thing. They end up getting put up on false false charges, and who still try to beat the case. Hmm. But but you saw a lot of groups turning like, hey. We should back these people. They at the same time, you had a lot of three percenters, oath keepers, the old militia members. You know, the older militias that rose up during the Obama administration. Yeah, that, that started supporting the state. That at the because I believe it was a few months ago in Missouri when you had Boogaloo members and Hawaiian shirts and everything. Now you know you know the look of them. Yeah. 
open carrying, protecting a Black Lives Matter rally, and then you have street presenters on the roof pointing guns at, at them. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you, so you had all of that happening, and you slow, so you slowly saw two movements converging, but at the same time you had the media lying constantly. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Oh, they're all white supremacists. They're all neo-Nazis. They're all so on. Yeah, and not saying that there aren't there people that no, they're, they're not they're there, are, there, but they're there. You know what I'm saying? Like that that happens, but like they're they're putting people into groups to to spin the media so everybody else starts getting that idea. Mm-hmm. But the crazy shit is is like when you see those people come to your side that you originally didn't think would be on your side, they're you're like now what they were trying to do as far as like the media trying to divide divide us as american citizens right which is who we all are right now right we're all american citizens all want our equal rights we all want freedom in a sense right so the thing is is like now that everybody is seeing your freedoms being stripped away they're suddenly saying well, shit, now we're going to be standing up with you now because you've been fighting for that the entire time. Now we realize it, and the media is just trying to create a divide, and politicians are trying to create a divide because they know if you're united, you're a lot stronger. And now that you know we're becoming more unified and that narrative is being pushed away, that's why people are seeing you know more of the violence now. Totally. So speaking of unification, what's your opinion on separatist militias or black nationalists of the NFAC. Like what what are my opinions on like what they're doing? Yes. Like as far as them taking up arms and stuff, right? Yes. I or or the militia as a whole. Because I, I think they're like the I think they're like the fourth largest militia in the US. Oh I support it. Take up your arms. Form your militias. Cause I mean a civil war is coming. Like it's gonna th- it's gonna happen. It's not a yeah, matter it's, of, of when. It, it's not, yeah, it's yeah, it's a matter of when it's, it's going to happen. Like so, even when, like I think we all know when it's going to happen. Like we all, I think November is hanging over us like a dark cloud. I think it's just a matter of how, like how it's going to play out at this point. Yeah, you better have your guns and you better be ready, right? So you better be trained. Um, the fucked up part though is right. I've gotten arrested already. Okay. Um, I haven't been convicted convicted of my of the charges i've just been charged right but yeah they're trying to one after i paid my bail i already got out this is three months ago so keep that in mind they're trying to raise my bail to a hundred thousand dollars okay not only that but they're now trying to take away my second amendment rights and carrying weapons even though i haven't been i haven't been charged i i have not or I haven't been convicted. I've just been charged. Think about that. Now they're trying to do go that route too. Because they're trying to get to you now. If you don't have a gun, you don't have something to defend yourself. Think about basically, that. It's basically the same method they did with the Panthers. Yep. So do you worry about being, um, for lack of a better word, Fred Hampton or Michael Max or just, you know, just being killed by the state or? Um, yeah. I'm going to die. There's no question. It's going to happen at some point. Somebody's going to, somebody, there's crazy motherfuckers out here. Trust me. And 
and the state either it's going to be the state or it's going to be some racist militia person that has either built this narrative in their head and they're crazy enough to come and kill me either they got like a sniper on the roof or they come to my house and kill me in my sleep whatever you want to say like so many things that can go down um but i can tell you there's a lot of people who are coming after me and and i can say this because i've met with the fbi already i've met with the secret service like tell me who else do i have to meet meet with right (laughs) like that doesn't have me on their radar right so like those are pretty serious organizations i mean you would say that right yeah unless if you if you're an activist and not on the cia or fbi watch list you're not really an activist yeah you know you really ain't being about it right you if you it's just like you have to be i think if you're in if you're consistent in your message and you're consistently putting yourself out there um it's just a matter of time before they contact you right it's a matter of time before you, they place charges on you it's just a it's just a simple fact so me being you know the person who i am and i'm not afraid of i would say speaking out and being the face of what i'm saying of the protests and rallies that we hold it's a different situation where you see some organizers they're afraid of that right they don't put their faces and they don't put their story out there because they don't want to be arrested where i'm like if i'm going to be saying the things i'm saying i got to put you know my actions and my words with a specific face so people have something to be moved by people have something to believe in because if you're a ghost what are they going to believe in right they can say you believe in they believe in the organization but people are really moved by leadership right truly honestly you have to have strong leaders that are going to help liberate us as a people right well i tend to prefer the whole idea of decentralized movement so you instead of having one strong leader you have a thousand strong leaders yeah yeah i believe in that too you cut off it's a hydra model you cut off one snake head five more grows back exactly no you're totally correct in that assumption so i'm just saying like there's people who are who are out there you know organizing protests you don't even know their name you don't see them you don't even hear about them right so that's what i'm saying like you have to have those uh face those public figures those people who are the the uh uh the movement itself but it can't come from one leader because like you see Malcolm X, Martin Luther King, like these people who have been killed, right? Once that, once Martin Luther King got killed, how how quickly did his shit dissolve, right? Totally, it just fell out off the map. That's the thing. I believe in what you're saying. Has to be multiple strong-minded uh, leaders out there. Can't be one centralized person because then an entire movement d- dies. So we went through that. Now, I know a lot of. Militia say, hey, we support y'all, but we don't support looting. What's your, what's your opinion on looting? Well, I would ask, why are you looting? Okay? If you're looting to go into a store to just take somebody else's property, yeah, I, I don't know if I condone that activity. But if you're looting to provide more resources for yourself because you're in lack of that resource, then, you know, that's a different situation. Um, if you're like there's very there's too many variables to say you know looting is 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 all bad, but I would say the majority of it is probably more for self gain than it is for uh, a more righteous or just cause. 
like I could safely say, you know, that from a, a place of certainty, if you're if you're burning down a building because that building and though and that organization is corrupt and you want to eradicate it, that's a different story. But if you're going into somebody's store that didn't do anything to you, they're a hardworking American citizen and you're just stealing their shit. Like, is that right? Totally, totally not. But my opinion of looting is it's more of a gray area. If you go to loot, if you somebody go to loot Walmart, I can honestly care less. Yeah, sure. If somebody, okay, you look, okay, you stole maybe a hundred thousand dollars from Walmart. Walmart, Walmart superstore get hit. It's Walmart, but for the next day, they're all going to fix it. But versus, yeah, they got insurance for that shit. But versus a mom and pop store, that's somebody. That's somebody life that. That's somebody life work. Yeah. You, exactly. If you, if you destroy our store, you basically destroy somebody's house with it too, because they can't make the payment. And especially in this economy with the lockdowns, you basically destroy somebody's life. Yep, you're damn right about that. So my my thing is, if you are if you do it on a mom and pop store, you should defend you should defend it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think that's uh, when I see people loot stores that are not like. I mean, it's just not justified. Like, why are you looting somebody's bit small business? Now, if they're racist-ass motherfuckers and they deserved it, that's another story. But if it's somebody who has, like, you know, worked hard their entire life and now you're burning their shit down, that's fucked up, man. That's really fucked up. And so I cannot condone that. But there is a, there is a sense to you're never going to get a, a, a point across until, you, until violent acts happen because then they listen, right? Isn't it? That- there was never yeah. a clean protest. There was looting the evening back to the founding of this country, even during the revolutionary well, pre-revolutionary war riots. There was massive looting as well. Yeah, Boston Tea Party type shit. You know what I'm saying? There was destruction of private property, but at the same time, don't destroy private businesses. So, yeah. Moving on to my next question, I think we kind of covered it, but uh, be armed and a black person when you basically open carry. Do you get any weird, I, I think we all know the answer to this, any weird looks from other people or? Yeah, I mean, I'm in Salt Lake City, Utah, man. Whitest state, religious state in the country. So tell me I'm not going to get any weird looks. Whatsoever. No, I do. Like, I mean, people think I'm in just violent because I carry a gun. Like, not even thinking about my motives behind it. The fact that they're trying to take away my guns right now, um, and I'm not even convicted yet, is proof enough that they just automatically think, you know, hold the stigma over me that because I'm black, I'm violent. Totally. I even when going to the range, I get a weird look. Like, what you doing here? Like, I get yeah. you. You get weird look when you're armed in black. Uh, I think some uh, white allies or white friends or other militiamen don't really understand that. Like even buying ammo is like a whole process. Yeah, so I, this is what I did, okay? So like I went to the Capitol and stood there for five hours, uh, a solo arm stance with like uh, nothing but myself, my AR-15, uh, my handgun, and just stood there for five hours. And that, that was more a resemblance of the lawful intent, right? Like how do you view a black person carrying a gun and um what i found during that protest is that 20 armed militiamen uh came and harassed me while i was there okay um 
then also 50 police officers showed up just for me. Okay. Which I by, by tell you this, I got a permit. I got a fucking permit and, and I still got harassed by the police. All right. And not only that is after that, so many people and other organizers in the community were like, John Sullivan is violent. John Sullivan is violent. John Sullivan is violent. Guys, you're proving my point. You're proving the reason I stood out there for, for five hours. That this is, this is exactly how you're viewing black people. And it's not right. And it needs to change. Exactly. And the fact that it was coming from other community organizers saying they're about Black Lives Matter when they're really actually not. Right? Because they would not have uh, supported that rhetoric. It's... It's amazing how everybody is pro-gun. I think it's more to the Republican Party than anybody else. That they're all pro-gun and all, oh, everything, uh, all gun laws are infringement to Trump pass gun control laws like banning bump stocks or to the NRA start taking gun rights away from people of color. Like they're in the yeah. 60s. But at the yeah. same time, you got these same people um, I don't want to. I, I feel kind of bad calling out the church leaders, but I'm glad to call them out. Church leaders, NAACP leaders, you know, the old guard, you know, those folks who made the money off of protesting, who don't really want to see change, and who think, who know if somebody starts defending themselves, they're going to be changed immediately. So they don't want people to pick up the gun. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, I I'm 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 happy in a sense because I expose them for who they are now. Like now I know where they stand. Now I know who I want to work with and trust going forward. So it eliminates a lot of people and it brings awareness to a lot of things. But also with that becomes a lot of opposition. Like the I can tell you safely that the government doesn't want you to do this. They don't want you to speak up. The state doesn't want you to do that. They don't want you to speak up. So all these things are trying to suppress you, right? Not only the the government and the state, but also other organizers, right? That are supposedly Black Lives Matter, but they're really not. They're just a business trying to make money, right? And they just want to, what any business does, eliminate the competition, right? So there's that. And then there's also these uh, racist militias, these uh people who are pro-Trump or Blue Lives Matter, you know, out there trying to eliminate your voice too. So it's like, fuck, like you're getting hit from all sides and there's no chill. Yeah, totally. I, I know I had people in my family who I thought I could pick up the gun back in, I think it was Mayish. That, mm-hmm. that came out, oh, you don't want to do this. No, you're just all killed. And then, <laughs> and then, then I happened. And like I, in July happened. I think we all remember like when NFSE first came on the scene, a bunch of black people marching on Stone Mountain. You remember that, right? Yeah, of course, of course. I remember waking up on July. It was kind of like a lazy day, and I, I took the phone. I get one of my followers who sent me a video, and I see black on black on black for about a mile. Well, it looks like about a mile, and I like said, okay, I can prove them all wrong. They just proved they just proved all the people who said, oh, they're just all killed wrong. Yeah. And why I don't agree with the group, like some of some of the like political standings, I support black people being armed and defending themselves. Mm-hmm. 
So no, that was definitely an eye-opening moment for me too. I mean, I've I've had a gun way before, like I uh, saw that. Um, I've had the gun for like three years, but it's just the the fact that now they're aware of me, right? Now they know of me. You're violent now. I've had a gun for three years. No problem. No problem. No incidents. Why now would I be violent? Tell me on that. The state anything against me that violence, even if it's peaceful. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what type of stuff we had Waco? He had, but he had a coach. Let's, let's call him one. He had a coach house who was who wasn't really paying taxes. Who wasn't who my own business. And those mm-hmm. guys guy came in. The whole the federal government basically sent an army out. Ray sent on fire, killed like eighteen to twenty children, plus other people. Hmm. He had two bridges. I hope stand out. The federal government believes. Anything, any government or state is doing anything that doesn't want to be a part of it, that want to change it, or want to do anything against it, is inherently violent. That way, I already yeah. respond with violence. Yeah, I mean, anything, I mean, think about this you're just carrying a gun and expressing your Second Amendment right as you have every right to do, but now you're violent because now you want to exercise your right, huh? Any is there something fucked up about that? The state doesn't give you the right. The state or your country doesn't give you the right. You, your right is not from yourself. You have to defend. Mm-hmm. You're you're breaking up a little bit. You're breaking up a little bit. I don't know if you went to a bad. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, a little bit better. But just you're just like really cutting in and out. Okay. But I agree. I mean, the state you you got to defend your rights, right? But to say to, to that, you, you you say defend your rights, okay? You can't defend your rights if you're up against a government that strips away all your financial uh, ability to make income to to live at all. Like think about this: the second you start speaking up, you catch some charges, right? They're gonna go ahead and slap you with this, uh, you know, bail, right? That the bail that you're gonna get to get out of jail is gonna be like. Anywhere from you could say twenty or ten thousand dollars, so a hundred thousand dollars to like a million. Some cases. Yeah, a million. Yeah, you you know, so like you got to pay ten percent of that to a bail's bondsman to get out. And so think about that. So you got to pay that, and then on top of that, you got to pay a lawyer if you don't have something pro bono. Tell me how you're going to afford a lawyer to go all the way to the end. So you're going to tell me you're going to be spending like twenty to thirty thousand dollars on a lawyer. Okay, so like. Let's just say you got twenty thousand dollars in in bail. All right, you know now you have. Let's say you've got another twenty thousand dollars in lawyer fees. You have forty thousand dollars now. Okay, now take in mind. Okay, you might have lost your job because you went to jail. All right, um, so now you're jobless. You're you're now having to pay forty thousand dollars, which I can tell you, Americans do not have forty thousand dollars in their bank account. They're lucky if they have a thousand dollars in savings. Okay, so now you have forty thousand dollars. You got to front. All right. And that's saying you don't get any more charges until then. Like you don't, you don't get arrested. You you, you stay in your house. You, you be a good little boy and you just sit there and say, yes, government, I won't do anything again. Yes, state. I, I promise. I promise I won't protest anymore against please you. Please tread on me. Huh? Please tread on me. Yeah. Please fucking tread on me. Please just shit on me some more. Um, so how are you going to defend your rights? Tell me on that. You don't have a job. Now you're $40,000 in debt. 
And now you could possibly, you could go to jail. Maybe you don't have a good lawyer either. Maybe you got to take the, the pro uh, bono one, right? Uh, that is given to you by the state. Now you're, you're fucked. Now you're, they're saying, hey, you should just plead to this case. You'll serve like, you probably like five months in, in uh, jail. You'll be fine. No worries. You'll pay a fine. You'll, you'll be on probation afterwards. Think about that. Think about it. And next thing you know, you're right. Yep, next to know your rights are gone. Who's fighting for you then? How are you fighting for your rights then? You're not. You're not. You're simply not. That's where a collective voice, where once when someone gets charged, everyone is up in arms against it, helping them fighting, fight against that specific thing. That's going to be more powerful than anything you could do. But, you know, who is going to do that? Tell me. Do you know? Yeah. Me? I can't do, you can't do it on your own. Yeah, you can't. You can't. Tell you can't me how. Fight, you can't fight an empire by yourself. You can't. You can't. So you got to fight an empire with the collective voice. But that collective voice has to be on the same national message of what you're trying to accomplish. If there's voices out there doing different things in different cities, not pushing a national, uh, a national agenda to get shit changed, you're not going to get shit changed because nobody understands where each individual organization is at so that's where i'm saying is leadership has to understand as a collective hey this is what we're going to be bringing about change and these are the things we're going to push if we're protesting let's protest for a reason let's protest for a cause now i'm not saying people aren't doing that but most people are saying let let me go and protest for the death of this person over here but i don't really know what actions to take behind the scenes or what actions are actually going to effectively bring about the changes that I necessarily want for the death of this person or the unjust treatment of the person? Who do you need to talk to? Tell me the majority of people who are out there protesting on the streets know exactly how to go through those proper avenues and educate themselves. I say none to only probably 1%. And when I, and I'm saying this with uh, utmost certainty, when I go to a protest and I ask everybody at my protest saying, hey, do you guys know any bills or legislation that has been passed this year? And no one raises their hand. And I have to educate the motherfuckers on what's going on. That's concerning. Exactly. That way, that way it comes from some kind of outlet or some kind of way to get the information out for people. Well, the thing is, the funny thing is, is like, there's a, there is information you got to dig, you got to look for. You can go on your state legislation, right? You can go on their website and you can go to like Utah.com. And look up the bills that have been passed. Now, yes, you say you can. You would have to sift through a whole bunch of documents that might have no meaning to what might, you know, impact you, right? But the the information's there if you look for it. But yes, you're you're saying, you know, as you know, a leader organizer, you should make that information readily available so people can have more of a clear path, right? Which is, you know, one of the biggest things I push at my protest. People are like. Oh, you, you go out and protest, loot, riot, burn shit. No, I don't do that. I mean, if you've ever been at my protests, I, I go out there and I educate people. I educate people on what they need to do to f effectively, you know, repeal or pass legislation. I, I help them understand what is currently affecting them and what they need to do to change that, who they need to contact um, we do do protests to, you know, for direct action to effectively, you know, bring about some change and and some uh, what would you say uh, 
forceful, um, I guess, awareness of the situation, like saying you can you can do specific things that are actually going to make them think twice about keep uh, prosecuting you and make you um, make them sit down and talk with you. Right. So that's the thing is like my protests are anything but, you know, just riots if at all they're not even riots they're educational speeches or uh places where you can you know bring awareness to what's going actually going on does that make sense yeah totally it's a lot harder right where everybody is armed and everybody know what can happen yeah i i think uh the the thing is is like if my people are more educated than 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 they are and if they are more uh aware of what's going on they can actually bring about the change we need um, ignorance is the biggest failure, right? It's the biggest reason why things never actually turning or turn into something. So the fact of the matter is, is it's easy to go out and protest and chant. That's easy. That's the easy part. But it's hard to educate yourself. And it's hard to take the time to sit down and read a document that is going to help you understand what actually types of what actual suppression looks like in the form of these words that these legislatures love to just write down on a piece of paper that is actually going to limit your, your rights as American. I think you put that pretty well. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I <laughs> Thank I, you. I'm passionate about it, man. Like, No, I, to- I totally understand. Totally understand. I think, we are, I think right now we're all passionate. Yeah. It's past the, it now, and unfortunately, I, I would hate to say this, but it's a, almost past the point of no return of, like, we've been doing this for so long, trying to do it the, uh, the right way, through the right channels, that, you know, the very next action is direct action in the form of doing shit about it. If you ain't going to do shit about it, you ain't going to change. We'll do shit for you will make you change. I'm sorry to say that, but like, seriously, it's getting to a point of, it's it's quite ridiculous right now. But legally, like, this all Joseph, yeah, please don't raid my house. Huh? I just say for legal reasons, he's all just satire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in Minecraft. We, we, we're going to do all this in Minecraft. Let's just say that. Yeah, let's just say that. Um, Minecraft. This is all figurative. Okay. Um, but seriously, though, it's uh, it's concerning, man. It's concerning because when you see people and law enforcement continue to kill unarmed black men, even when there's this heightened awareness of the movement going on and it's getting worse. Why? Why are you guys idiots? Why are you not understanding what's going on? Like, you don't care. You don't care to change. You don't. That's what you have. I mean, that's that's the realization I've come to through all, you know, this these months of protesting, of being on the front lines. That's good. So I, I think we approach it at the end of it. Uh, we got two more things. So advice to anybody who want to start their own group or to join yours? Yeah, I mean, I would say if you're going to start your own group, understand why you're starting your own group and if there is a difference between you and other groups that would set yourself apart and 
how will you bring about change? It's hard to organize, all right? Um, do you want to take on that responsibility? Do you want to take on being the face of that organization and have to live with that for ever, possibly? So think about that. If you want to join my organization, by all means, like I'm, a, we're an open organization. Anybody can join. You can go to our websites, Insurgents.us, and we have a become a membership tab on there, and you can sign up, and it'll allow you to register in there. And we have special videos for like members, like firearm training videos, stuff like that. So we go out of our way. We did a lot on our website, um, and then we also, you know, we want to include our members in like the uh, the community, right? So we don't just have people who come and join and now they're just bodies and they're there, right? No, we have committees, okay? So we have people who are actually doing things within these committees to give back and to help fight this injustice, whether you're doing artwork and design for the posts that we do or the events that we have, or you're doing your keyboard warrior where you're on the social media defending you know, all those racist motherfuckers who want to come on and just, you know, say stuff behind a computer screen. Or, you know, you could be security team if you want to be, you know, on on that type of frontline stuff. So there's so many things that we have that you can contribute to the community um, because we we set those things up to, to do so. We want to make sure people feel comfortable, right? Right, right, totally. I'm glad you put the website in. Can you repeat one more time before we close out? Yeah, our website's insurgents.us. Okay, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It's at insurgentsusa. Um, my Twitter and Instagram, it's all the same, Activist John. Um, all of our links to our website is in our bio, so it's pretty easy to find. And we welcome all, all people who are for the movement. Um, obviously, if you're not down for it, don't fucking join, right? Right, right. So thank you for joining. This has been Mormon the Bandit minus the Mormon. So appreciate signing it. off. Thank you. Yeah, thank appreciate you, you. Nice talking with you. Nice talking day. with you. You too. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.